Looking to part ways with complicated, expensive, and uncertain shipping? Then give your business the edge it needs with USPS Ground Advantage shipping from the United States Postal Service. Keep everything simple with clear upfront pricing and no unexpected surcharges. Keep things affordable with some of the lowest prices out there and keep it all reliable with on-time ground shipments. It's time to turn shipping to your advantage. Learn how at usps.com advantage. USPS Ground Advantage, simple, affordable, reliable. It's a Minimalist Monday edition of Optimal Finance Daily, episode 1767. The 80-20 rule for money, the three ways Americans spend most of their money and how you can save more by Kyle Kowalski of slow.co. And I'm your host and personal finance enthusiast, Diana Merriam. Happy Monday. Let's jump right into today's post to start the week as we optimize your life. The 80-20 rule for money. The three ways Americans spend most of their money and how you can save more. By Kyle Kowalski of slow.co. Is it possible that the 80-20 rule can apply to every area of your life? including how you spend money? If you're unfamiliar with the 80-20 rule, here's a quick definition. Quote, the Pareto principle, also known as the 80-20 rule, the law of the vital few, or the principle of factor sparsity, states that for many events, roughly 80% of the effects come from 20% of the causes, end quote. I've mostly heard of the 80-20 rule applied to business and work. 80% of your revenue comes from 20% of your customers, or 80% of your results come from 20% of your work, etc. Naturally, I wondered if the same rule applies to personal finances and how the average American spends money. The 80-20 rule for money. The three ways Americans spend most of their money and how you can save more. The U.S. Department of Labor's Bureau of Labor Statistics, BLS, published their latest release of consumer expenditure data in September 2018. The survey looks at spending by customer unit, which is defined as, quote, customer units include families, single persons living alone or sharing a household with others but who are financially independent, or two or more persons living together who share major expenses, end quote. Average expenditures per consumer unit for 2017 were $60,060, a 4.8% increase from the prior year. But what I find more interesting than the total amount is where all that money is spent. The three largest spending categories are housing at $19,884, which is 33% of the total $60,060. Transportation, which is $9,576, or 16%. And food, at $7,729, at 13%. That's $37,189 from those three categories alone, or 62% of total spending. The report shows 11 spending categories, 
which means three account for 27% of the total categories. It's not quite the 80-20 rule, but it's pretty darn close. 62% of consumer spending comes from 27% of the spending categories. These three spending categories are the three highest regardless of your type of household. The only thing that changes when you dig in deeper by type of consumer unit is the percentage spent in each category. The totals range from 58% to 67%. A brief history of American money spending since 1901. Believe it or not, some amount of consumer expenditure tracking has occurred for over 100 years, about the length of time the phrase keeping up with the Joneses has been in existence. And there are some big differences between how we spent money back then compared to how we spend money today. Here are some highlights from the BLS report, 100 Years of U.S. Consumer Spending, that was published in 2006. Modern Americans spend more money today in general. Quote, in 1901, the average U.S. family had $769 in expenditures. By 2002 to 2003, that family's expenditures would have risen to $1,848, a 2.4-fold increase, end quote. The top three spending categories have decreased as a total percentage and changed over time, from 80% spent on food, housing, and clothing in 1901 to 62% spent on housing, transportation, and food in 2017. Quote, in 1901, 42.5% or $327 was allocated for food, 14% or $108 for clothing, and 23.3% or $179 for housing. That left $155 for all other items, end quote. Wondering when housing became the number one spending category by Americans? Quote, with greater home ownership and higher housing costs, in the 1960s, family spending for housing became the most significant item in household budgets, displacing spending on food, end quote. Americans spend way more on non-necessities today. Quote, in 2002 to 2003, the average U.S. family could allocate 49.9% or $20,333 of total expenditures for a variety of discretionary consumer goods and services, while the average family in 1901 could allocate only 20.2% or $155 for discretionary spending, end quote. How you can save more money. I recently completed a buy nothing year for clothing, and I'm still going. There are a lot of positives to doing a buy-nothing year. Decluttering, voluntary simplicity, getting closer to minimalism, reducing waste on the planet, and much more. By the name alone, no spend, buy nothing, etc., you likely associate these challenges with saving money. But depending on the category or categories you choose to stop spending in, you may not save much. For me, clothing is simply too small of a category to make a meaningful dent in our overall finances. So only buying the essentials is a start, but how can you really save more money? 
To save the most money, you need to take bigger bites out of the largest pieces of the total spending pie. That means focusing on the biggest spending categories, housing, transportation, and food. How does your spending compare to the data? If you don't know, I highly recommend tracking your finances for at least a few years to understand how you spend your money and analyze your own personal trends over time. Data can be your friend and a helpful tool when it comes to your finances. One final thought. The 100 Years of U.S. Consumer Spending Report ends with the following conclusion. Quote, Perhaps as revealing as the shift in consumer expenditure shares over the past hundred years is the wide variety of consumer items that had not been invented during the early decades of the 20th century, but are commonplace today. In the 21st century, households throughout the country have purchased computers, televisions, iPods, DVD players, vacation homes, boats, planes, and recreational vehicles. They've sent their children to summer camps, contributed to retirement and pension funds, attended theatrical and musical performances and sporting events, joined health, country, and yacht clubs, and taken domestic and foreign vacation excursions. These items, which were unknown and undreamt of a century ago, are tangible proof that U.S. households today enjoy a higher standard of living, end quote. Is this really the measure of a high standard of living? Or is this just a summary of the multitude of ways we veered off course to convince ourselves that more things and experiences are the key to happiness? What does all this lifestyle inflation and spending on non-necessities really do for us? Don't forget that you can choose a simple life at any time. You can choose to be the fisherman instead of the tourist. You just listened to the post titled The 80-20 Rule for Money, the three ways Americans spend most of their money and how you can save more by Kyle Kowalski of slow.co. Looking to part ways with complicated, expensive, and uncertain shipping? Then give your business the edge it needs with USPS Ground Advantage Shipping from the United States Postal Service. Keep everything simple with clear upfront pricing and no unexpected surcharges. Keep things affordable with some of the lowest prices out there and keep it all reliable with on-time ground shipments. It's time to turn shipping to your advantage. Learn how at usps.com slash advantage. USPS Ground Advantage, simple, affordable, reliable. If you've been using Mint to manage your finances, I've got some bad news. Mint is shutting down. But now for the good news. There's a better alternative. Our sponsor, Monarch Money. Mint users are turning to Monarch Money and loving it. Maybe you're saving for a down payment, a wedding, a dream vacation, your kid's college. I've found that Monarch makes it so easy to help you reach your financial goals, whatever they are. I definitely wouldn't be able to allocate my finances or plan as clearly without help from Monarch. In fact, Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com OFD. After trying out Monarch for myself, 
I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash OFD. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash OFD for your extended 30-day free trial. When it comes to reducing expenses, you will no doubt see the biggest results when you focus on the big three, housing, transportation, and food. In fact, if you only focus on optimizing in these areas and prioritize saving and investing, you put yourself in a better position to not agonize over every single purchase. This worked really well for me personally. When I was getting out of 30 grand of debt, I was living in New York City and my rent was $1,800 per month for a cockroach infested apartment in the bowels of Brooklyn. Now I was locked into a lease, so there was nothing I could do about this expense in that moment. So I focused on my food and transportation costs. Eventually, I moved to Cincinnati and took on a $600 per month mortgage for a much bigger space. Optimizing housing expenses can be a much higher friction task that can take more time and creativity. Often, it's simply easier to slash your daily latte habit or focus on quick wins when reducing expenses. But if you're really serious about improving your finances, it is well worth it to give this area of your budget some serious thought. Maybe you move to a lower cost of living area, or you rent out a room in your house, or you downsize a bit if you don't need so much space. The possibilities are endless. I also enjoyed the point at the end of this article where Kyle questions if we really have a higher standard of living now that our lifestyles have become inflated with consumerism. I found for myself that having full autonomy over my time and being in the financial position to work less is far more satisfying than the ability to purchase more luxuries. Remember that there's a trade-off here. More discretionary spending requires a higher income, which requires more time spent to earn that higher income. And that's a wrap for another Monday show. Have a great rest of your day and start to your week. And I'll be back tomorrow as usual, where your optimal life awaits.